0: Hello listeners, it's Jake here. Uh, Just a quick note to let you know before we do this episode that there was an issue uh, around halfway through recording where my laptop died and we struggled to recover the files because we hadn't saved them as a backup. Uh, So I've tried to recover the audio for the first half of the episode, but if there are any issues, uh, we apologize for that in advance. Uh, But hopefully... uh, nathan and his tech wizardry will have been able to fix this in some manner uh, but other than that i hope you really enjoy the show and we'll speak to you soon goodbye hello and welcome to red shirts my name's jake donaldson and i'm joined by cheeky muddy church house and nathan cupcake thomas this <laughs> is red shirts let's engage i What's don't know i came on? i came up with cupcake thomas after last week's episode <laughs> yes. and then uh, i mean before we, pr- we hit record while we were waiting for you to show up to the recording muddy uh, nathan witnessed me writing that because uh, <laughs> and it included it did include me using the phrase yeah that'll do <laughs> so,
1: this
0: is not my finest work Oh, welcome, uh, everyone. Uh, we're, we're looking at an episode of TNG today. I'm really excited, because it's a Data episode.
2: Oh my oh, god, so and what good. an episode it is. It's it is so
0: really good.
3: good. It is absolutely one of my favourites.
0: So, if anyone didn't listen to last week's, the episode that we're doing uh, today is uh, Data's Day, uh, from season four, I think it is, of The Next Generation. Um, so, uh, shall we start with Nathan's patented uh, Describing the Plot segment
3: Absolutely right. Um, it's actually quite, It was actually quite hard to keep the plot in my head this time because it was. It's kind of lots of little scenes. So there's a lot. There's a lot more stuff I had to kind of keep straight in the narrative. Uh, anyway, we begin with dra- data narrating a log, setting up the premise of the episode, which is Commander Maddox of the Daystrom Institute requires some primary research into Data's operation. Um, people who've watched. Uh, TNG will know he is a person who tried to force Data to comply with something, but they seem to have made friends and um, got on since then. Um, And so he's helping Data fulfill his research. Or Data's helping him fulfill his research by giving him this log. Um, And after Data completes his watch on the bridge, he goes to meet with Keiko, who is getting married to Miles O'Brien, but she doesn't want to go through with it. Uh, she asks Miles to tell him because um, this would make her happy, and Miles' goal is to uh, make Keiko happy, so obviously he'll be che- pleased about this. Unsurprisingly, he is not, and yells at Data. <laughs> uh, we then see Data escort a Vulcan ambassador on board and muse about Vulcans. Uh, we see him interact with Geordie and Worf, discussing different aspects of the wedding and his confusion at why it seems to be going ahead, even though one of the participants doesn't want to and Geordie warns him that he better learn to dance so he goes to, uh, to Dr. Crusher the dancing doctor a <laughs> phrase she does not like um, uh, before being called to the bridge uh, Miles asks Data to speak to Keiko about the wedding um, after this it goes her uh, badly uh, <laughs> uh, Data then seeks advice uh, from Troy who tells him to stop helping <laughs> <laughs> gets uh, summoned by the Vulcan for um, some testing, because uh, earlier they she wanted a tactical analysis of the Romulan neutral zone. Weird. Um, and Picard orders a uh, uh, them to head towards the neutral zone. Data would feel nervous, but he can't feel emotion so he doesn't feel nervous. <laughs> a scene that really undermines itself <laughs> by that narration. <laughs> um... Data and the Doctor dance together, and I've got some fun trivia about that scene for later. Um, Data heads into the bridge and observes Riker's humour with a random red shirt before they head into the neutral zone and beam out their ambassador to a Romulan ship that is expecting them. But there is a malfunction. (laughs) Quickly, Data investigates and realises it's a fake in a quick montage of sleuth work, which indicates that this plot is not the real focus of the episode, because it could probably carry an episode on its own, normally. <laughs> um, uh, Datum uses on Picard's command style as he orders Red Alert and Warp 8 to intercept the Romulans, who reveal the ambassador was a spy,
1: mm! and Gasp.
3: the Enterprise is forced to withdraw with a Romulan victory. However, it seems that Keiko has got over herself, um, <laughs> She revealed that in an earlier scene, but I forgot to write it down. Um, We see the wedding ceremony and Picard looks at a small child in the most adorable end to any Star Trek episode ever as Data resumes his night watch and states his mission goal. And I love this episode so fucking much.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. It is a good episode, isn't it? a star
2: episode it is absolutely gorgeous beyond all belief i i loved I, it so much i almost cried
0: oh i hadn't seen it in ages and i'd forgotten loads of stuff about it and it was really good to re-watch it um i mean we've been talking about doing a data episode for ages since we did our first tng one back like episode two or whenever it was um and I know Maddie when when you were watching this before the record you sent us a text in our group chat just <laughs> saying uh, I just want everyone to know that I fucking love data and the main Uh, crux of the notes I've written for this episode is I want Data to be my husband.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up, to be fair. (laughs) There's a bit in the episode where um, Data's talking to Troy, um, and he's like, although I am an android, I have not excluded the possibility that one day I too may be married, and I've immediately written, me, Data, you can marry me! (laughs)
1: Yeah,
3: I I love, there are so many really good scenes in this that we're going to have to talk about. Uh, I... I really don't know where to start. I think I wrote
2: something about. Um, we could just, just go through the episode, um, kind of plot point by plot point, starting with who the ever-loving fuck is Keiko and where did she come uh, from? Ah,
3: well, she is in. She's in earlier episode. She's a botanist oh. on the Enterprise. She's a researcher.
0: Can right on on the the subject of Keiko and Miles and their wedding, uh, <laughs> and can can we talk about why Keiko feels like? it's data's responsibility to break up with her boyfriend for her like
2: yeah this is this has got to be the most shoehorn plot point talk
0: to your talk to miles yourself you're supposed to be getting married to him don't (laughs) get your your, autistic mate to break up with your boyfriend for you you deserve to be be alone i
2: will ask (laughs) this autistic man
3: (laughs) yeah i'm glad you guys have mentioned this because i want to go into this is that This episode, and I've only really realised it after I got my autism diagnosis, because it was one of my favourites before I knew what the fuck was going on with me. Um, (laughs) It's just Data doing things that I know I have done in my life. (laughs) Like, the sarcasm thing. Genuinely, in high school, I had a teacher who taught me how uh, uh, what sarcasm was. That's
2: so sweet.
3: Um, And I really undermined him at one point, because uh, he he went... um, He said to another pupil, yes, this is a brilliant piece of work. And I went, sarcasm. And he went, yes. (laughs) David, thank you. (laughs) I was so happy with myself. I didn't care. That's Uh, excellent. And I definitely, like had friends that have said, Why don't you do this? They'll 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 be happy about that and I'll go, That makes sense and proceeded to bulldoze my way into something that I shouldn't have done. Uh, like every I, I can think of an analogous anecdote for everything <laughs> data does in this story, pretty much. Except for the investigation of a an ambassador, because yeah, I'm yeah. not as cool as data. <laughs> oh but every God. social moment I, I know I've done
0: Sorry, with that in mind, Nathan, uh, for the listener's uh, benefit, we're recording this shortly after I've just started a relationship with someone. Uh, if I ever need to break up with <laughs> it, can I just ask you to do it?
3: <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I mean... Sorry, darling.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Sorry, darling.
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, Nathan, is Data your like one of your favourite characters then, I guess, if he has oh definitely resonance for you?
1: Yeah, no,
3: absolutely. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of other plot lines. I mean, this one in particular, I I'm sure someone must have done this consciously, right? Like they cannot be making this many autism analogs by accident. Um oh, oh, but okay. like hmm. there are so many things in Data's general arc that I resonates with me very strongly. Um and I actually quite like I, as someone with autism, I I don't mind autistics appearing in media. That's fine. Like, whether I mean, whether actors or um, fictional characters. But I actually think data does a much better way of talking about issues an autistic person might face than almost any canonically autistic character I've seen. Because... The representations get so mired in the difficulties of autism, and Mm -hmm. not always just because writers are being shits. And I think there's much more important representation than the autism crowd in media. But autism is a difficult and complex neurological problem. My Asperger's is not the same as someone else with Asperger's, which is not the same as someone else with different forms of high-functioning autism. And data gives me a metaphor by which I can talk about these things or did when I was young, I'm much better talking about it now, because he has a different condition, because they're not worried about accurately portraying autism, they can actually take things from it and and build great stories and build great moments in a light and pressure-off way. And that is not something that will resonate with every artist. Some people would much prefer a, a person who is... Explicitly labelled that way, in the same way, I, and I think that's important. But actually, sometimes a metaphorical depiction can be as useful. And Data yeah. is not autistic because he's an android, and that's not what autistic people are. Even though I have written stand-up jokes to that effect, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like it is, it is useful to have this.
0: Thing. Yeah, I think that's right. It, it's sort of like S- space Sesame Street, isn't it? Like it's, it's sort of they, they've. Like, I think you're right in saying that they must, they can't have done it by accident. There must be an, like, an analogue to autism, although I know it was written and an an- made analogy? long before, uh, well, it, 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 did you say an android analogy?
2: No, an, an analogy, an an, an analogue for, an analog. An, sorry, I'm going to, I can't talk.
0: <laughs> um but yeah I, and i think it, it's interesting as well because i think before data a lot of people looked at spock like that um but then there's an episode in uh or there's a scene in this episode where uh, data's talking about how he sometimes feels similar to uh vulcans but he doesn't think that their logic like the logical way of thinking is the best way to go about things, or he doesn't quite understand that part of them, um, which I think is interesting to draw a difference between.
1: Uh, yeah, the well, type he of absolutely
0: he fucking
3: burns Vulcans. He's just yeah. <laughs> like, it's too limited. I found the pursuit of logic too limiting, and I'm like, damn. I think <laughs> the other thing about me personally enjoying data is to do with the fact that he tries to understand. In general, the other autistic people I've met want to understand, like, they want to fit in. And I once met someone who was like, isn't that really depressing? You should be allowed to do whatever you like and express how you like and act how you like and everyone else should conform. And I'm like, no, that's not fair. Like, yes, sometimes some people can bend to help me be autistic, in for want of a better phrasing, and to help me out. But if... It doesn't go both ways. It's not fair on everyone else. And you're misunderstanding what I want. I'm not wanting a world where everyone is autistic. I'm just wanting a world where you neurotypical people, who to me are batshit insane. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I do not understand how your brains work. <laughs> um, you're just like, it was like, oh, well, I've got this problem. Here's a solution to the problem. No, I don't want to do that. Why? Oh, because of emotions. Well, oh, fuck off. Um... <laughs>
0: Are are you actually uh, an Android?
3: (laughs) No, because I have feelings relating to Cisco and his wife. (laughs) But yeah, I I, I want to understand, and I think that's why data helps. And I understand a lot better now. Um, Good. But yeah. that's the sincere bit. Do we want to? Do we want to
0: take the piss? Now? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank thank you for being that sincere. I think it's really important <laughs> to hear your your point of view on that, and I, that's why I brought yeah. it up quite early because I wanted to to get you and your thoughts on on that side of data as a character. But yeah, let's go and talk about how ridiculous everyone else in this episode is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, that like you said, Jake, really shoehorned point. Um, about <laughs> Keiko making <laughs> her android friend break up with her fiancé on their wedding day. Like, what? I know people get cold feet on their wedding day. I know, but I'm sorry, that is spineless. I know, it's she deserves to be alone. Spineless. <laughs> oh,
3: Keiko's lovely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't take it that far because I think what we do get from... Keiko being a bit silly is just Data being such a good person. Like he's so genuine, he's so sweet, he's so wholesome. Every single action in this episode is just an action of generosity, of him trying to be a friend, be a good friend, and take actions that are completely selfless. And when he, you know, puts his foot wrong, it's so sweet. And it's obviously done for comic effect and it's absolutely hilarious. But it just made me think. Oh my God! What a good guy. He's so he's such <laughs> yeah. a nice guy. Everything he does is about and friendship be and fair, trying what to good sort friends things he out. Has.
3: Like when he's being like Miles, who yeah. has recognized that he's done a wrong thing and burst out in anger, which I think is reasonable. Like I think that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> he, he recognizes that that anger was aimed at Data and it and that was wrong. So he comes to apologize and asks you know, his help and stuff. And I I think... But, like, Data's there going, like, I know when a friend is um, experiencing discomfort, you should attempt to make them more comfortable, that they might open up to you. And he's like, would you like a drink or a more comfortable chair? Would you like some music? Brahms, perhaps? And he's like... And Miles is like, no, I know what you're doing, but no, thank you. No, Stop but he never he never gets impatient he like all of his <laughs> friends in this episode whenever he talks to them are always like like just kind and
2: helpful yeah and what a good what a kind of um hopeful and optimistic depiction of friendship because isn't that really all that you need for good communication is a little bit of empathy and a little bit of patience and you know it that is to me i guess also I guess a metaphor, um, if we're, you know, going with data as being, for a lot of people, probably not just Nathan, um, kind of autistic representation in a way, um, isn't that a metaphor for neurotypical people having a little bit of patience and empathy to try and, you know, understand and accept our neurodivergent friends and just not be wankers and when people do think because actually across most
0: of star trek uh, the next generation people don't tend to get angry at data for misunderstanding i think picard does more than anyone but he does it out of frustration rather than like
3: yeah there's lots of there's lots of times where uh, he will go data can you tell me about this thing and he goes on An Anadonis three, this is thing the 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 people of and he goes yes thank you data <laughs> like there is so many type that's a definite recurring joke as is I love data um, explains a um, uh, what's it called an idiom wrong like <laughs> I may be chasing a wild ornithoid without cause
1: yeah
3: a wild goose chase because because there's also an earlier uh, episode where Picard... Uh, um, Ge- Geordie is in engineering. Picard asks um, Geordie and O'Brien to do something, and they go, uh, and I think Geordie says we'll be burning the midnight oil on that. And Data walks by and goes, that would be inadvisable. And they go, what? <laughs> if you ignit- attempt to ignite petroleum on this uh, this vessel and, uh, it- within engineering, the fire suppression system will activate, and the force field will suppress the fire. Uh, no, sir, that's not what I meant. <laughs>
2: I want to see the scene where Data meets McCoy and he just spews out all these bizarre southern <laughs> idioms like, he's all had no cattle. in the pilot. And Data's like,
3: what? M- McCoy, and, McCoy and Data are in the pilot together. They have McCoy, they have oh, Admiral fabulous. McCoy appear to send the new Enterprise off and I believe it's Data that escorts him through the ship. And he is spouting stuff oh, and expert. Data is like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
0: <laughs> I mean the um the bit where uh where Colmini comes in to uh, to ask Data for his help and Daya's offering all of these things to make him more comfortable. I love the, just like the, the the way it's written. It's not it doesn't like you know you know when you write comedy and you, you start with the small thing and then in a list it gets more and more bizarre as you go on and like they they haven't done that with this. It jumps straight from, Would you like a drink to can I get you a new chair? Like <laughs>
2: would you like to? i'd love i'd love
3: to have the comic (laughs) timing of this episode like genuinely so good like i sometimes
2: everything from the cat
0: yeah look on on the the on the point of uh data's cat i want an entire separate episode about a day in the life of data's cat like i i want data's day but data's cat's day uh Where you just see and like one section of that, and like it's exactly the same. That that scene where Data feeds the cat in this episode is exactly the same in Data's Cat's Day. So we get that same scene, but from the cat's point of view, and then the rest of the episode is the cat going on adventures and trying to learn about
2: the cat assisting to Pell being a Romulan spy and like licking up DNA samples from yeah. the transporter pad when, when Geordie LaForge <laughs> La isn't looking. But
0: th- that's a good point to bring up Geordie LaForge because, uh, G- and Data have this relationship where, yeah, oh, and I love so it. It's, wonderful. it's really nice. And it's, um, I mean, there's the bit in this episode where Data says something along the lines of, I think of Commander LaForge as my best friend. And you're like, Oh my God, it's so cute. Um, but it's like it, 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 they—they're like the sort of the the typical kind of Star Trek buddy sort of uh, dynamic.
3: Yeah, you get it a lot. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's sort of uh, I don't know if you've seen the sitcom um, uh, Community, but the the relationship between a uh, Troy and Abbott Troy in and Community.
2: It is so. Well, I think like
0: they specifically do that. They kind of they've done that to kind of mirror the relationship between <laughs> Data and. Uh, and Geordie in, in <laughs> next generation to the point where I mean they play on Amazing. that quite a lot and I mean uh, uh, Lavar Burton appears in uh, in community because of really? how much that uh, Troy likes the character of Geordie LaForge so that's sort of like an obvious thing but like th- that relationship is now sort of like the archetypal buddy friendship. In...
3: Yeah, they definitely mirror it in Deep Space Nine with the um, late Julian and uh, Miles. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. Oh,
2: nice. I love that um, Data is says in that scene where he goes to see Geordie yeah. getting his hair cut. Like, something that friends often do is you know go, make jibes and sarcastic remarks to each other. I am learning how to do this as an expression of friendship. <laughs> and then Geordie's like, oh, have you come to get your hair cut, Data? And he's like... I am not getting my hair cut, <laughs> <luckhead>. <laughs> And Jordy's like, sorry, what, what the fuck? And he's like, I said, I am not here to get my hair cut, you lunkhead. <laughs> and Geordie's like excuse me and then Data's just immediately like it was an intended as an expression of <laughs> friendliness I did not mean to cause offence and Geordie's like sure mate and he just they just roll with it but it's such a gorgeous and lovely moment because I thought they were going to play that as like a oh my god I can't believe you called me a lunkhead because that would have been like the obvious route to go down but instead Geordie immediately just accepts it with total patience of like oh of course this is just another little Data quirk Yeah. Um. And that was so touching; it really was, and very, very funny. I want them to <laughs> yeah. call me a lunkhead with that like completely dead I, mean, when, I mean, <laughs> when that section <laughs> happened,
0: I uh, I wrote down immediately. Well, that's the next intro sorted.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's so funny. A dramatic irony is doing so much legwork in this episode around all of Data's little programs and, and ideas. Um, and the moment that I think I like the most um, from dramatic irony wise is when um, Data says he's going to go and talk to Troy because she's obviously the counsellor. She understands human relationships really well and he needs her help. And she says, because he is an expert on emo <clears throat> because she is an expert on emotions, no doubt she finds <laughs> me as much a mystery as I find her. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, Data, bless you. She really
1: doesn't. <laughs>
0: Shall we? Uh, shall we talk about the best scene <laughs> in the entire episode, oh. which is uh, the dancing? <laughs>
1: <gasps> the
2: dancing scene. I'm lit- I literally rewound that about can four I, times. Can I? So I can I
3: blow your mind yeah, trivia about it? Um, yes. Gates McFadden is a uh, choreographer, and Brent Spiner was able to keep up for them. The only time they use a oh. double in that entire sequence oh. is the overhead yes. shot where Data is yeah. briefly played by a double. All the tap dancing, all of that the dancing ec- in that scene is those oh. two actors. And Gates McFadden, who plays Beverly oh Crusher, is now my God. Um, like she's moved out of acting and now choreographs. Is, is a choreographer for stuff like that.
2: That is unbelievable. If I could not even love data anymore, like that's amazing that that's the whole scene the tap dancing just for no reason they're just like what would just be hilarious just fan service because we're bored and we can't be bothered to actually write like a (laughs) script for 10 minutes let's just have (laughs) crusher and data tap dancing like absolute beasts doing like a full-on flipping river dance (laughs) all the way around this dance it does oh my god it it was so
0: it does go on for quite a while
2: absolutely (laughs) hysterical
0: it is great, yeah, I love it.
2: But it's great.
1: But I'm there's like, definitely an element they, of they went that, and then the at the
0: Oh, end. we're five minutes short. Let's just do some extra dancing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nathan's now doing an impression of Data slow dancing with that terrifying grimace on his face which that absolutely (laughs) kills me like the comic (laughs) timing of that last cut where Data asks the computer to create a female dance partner and you're kind of looking over Data's shoulder so you see her walk up to Data they begin very smoothly dancing and you're like oh my god Data's got it like look this is sexy he's smooth he's got the moves and then as he slowly turns around you see that his face <laughs> just in this I've, I've written down right, I've written so down, okay, down. we've found a
0: smile more terrifying than Spock's in a mock time
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, fair
2: Oh, um, gorgeous
3: Also, this this might be a good segue from uh, that scene One thing I, I really think that is like a byproduct of this scene is because we see how all the different characters interact with Data, we really actually also get to learn a lot about the other characters yes, on good the point. Enterprise. Like, Because we get Data's perspective of them, we get to see how they... Like we said, they are all very patient and calm and helpful with Data, but they all do it in slightly different ways. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I, I think in particular you really get a sense of how Picard commands the Enterprise in this episode and how the crew respond to him. Because one thing that this highlights is this mission, which is obviously a ruse by the Romulans, but the mission is, from Starfleet Command, take this ambassador to a Romulan warbird to negotiate. This has to be done in absolute secrecy, captain's eyes only. So only Picard and the ambassador know yeah. about anything. And every uh, any time they're getting close to an understanding, they are dismissed from the room. And because we follow data, unlike what would happen in a typical episode, we don't know what's going on. And that means you see the crew and you see, um, like, Picard (laughs) order, like, entrance to the neutral zone, which is a treaty violation. It would start a war if Mm. they didn't have an agreement. Like, you see him Mm -hmm. order the interception and go to red alert and things like that. And you see him, like, order his crew to do massive work on the transporter. And every time you see the crew go, yep, obviously, I trust you, (laughs) like... (laughs) Yes, like, you never see them argue in a way that you do yeah. see on some other um, Star Trek shows where the captain is giving orders that might seem strange mm-hmm. or there's a lack of information. And you see how Picard weighs things up and you see how he's like, negotiates. And, like, the scene where he thinks the ambassador has been kidnapped and the Romulan goes, um, would you really start an incident and go, but I will take every measure to ensure a Federation's citizen is not being kidnapped you're like oh damn you're serious about this like you will fight
0: this it is, yeah that's a good point that you make about the um yeah. about being able yeah. to see the other members of uh of, of Starfleet in on the enterprise outside of the context of them dealing with the crisis in some cases cuz like like when when we don't know they are dealing with a crisis but like we don't know the 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 details of that so we're not distracted by plot or whatever we just get to see what their characters are like
2: yeah imagine if you're like miles o'brien and like on the same day that your wedding's been yeah. canceled you also accidentally <laughs> explode yeah someone he on doesn't a seem nearly so
0: like easily. upset enough about that
2: <laughs> <It's a disaster. laughs> he thinks
0: he's killed somebody he's,
2: yeah he is absolutely so chill I know. I'm like Miles. Like, what a I minute! Mean, like, your wife is trying to break up with you. Like, what is going on? Speaking anyway, about other yeah, members
0: of very, very uh, well. Starfleet on the Enterprise, um, who who is the incredibly sexy blonde medic who's in the uh, in the med bay when uh, Data goes to talk to Bev Crusher in the first half of the episode?
2: Oh, yeah. That's also like the bizarre sea plot of the episode that's not in there for any reason that I can possibly determine other than just for maximum warm and cut. Like warm and cuddly Hallmark feels is that Lieutenant Juarez, who I don't even know who she is, is giving birth for some reason. So then we just get to see some photos, some like scenes of data looking at this lady having a pregnancy scan and maybe thinking about how he'd like to be a dad. And then later on looking at this new baby and again, presumably thinking about what it would be like to start a family. And I'm like, (laughs) that is literally just in there for the warm and fuzzies. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. And for the sexy medic who I don't know who she is.
0: She's just a.
3: I Don't know who she is either. I can't well, There's also a and
2: sexy, like, ensign, yes, um, yeah, water controls that Riker's flirting with at some point. Um, so yeah, yeah.
3: oh, again, again, best line <laughs> there may be a correlation between humor and sex. <laughs> oh. More investigation is needed. I'm like, Data, how are you like gonna how... do that study? Oh, <laughs> like, I can see this yeah. all going wrong. Like, this is how. How Picard goes into a ready room going, now Data, you're not in trouble, but there have been a few complaints. In like
0: something like episode three of series one, Data does have sex with Troy, so like
2: Wait, what? Episode three of Series One?
3: No, it's it's Yar that he has sex with.
2: Episode three? Yeah, he has sex with that. Oh, is that when Yar's wearing that? God, <laughs> yeah. People. She's got a hair slick back, it's like everyone, like Christian Slater. Everyone, not... Yes, and, yes, um, it is that. Everyone episode.
0: on the uh, the Enterprise oh, gets God, taken over yeah. by mm. this weird force that makes them all really horny, uh, and and so everyone starts flirting with each other. And then there's a really creepy scene <sighs> where uh, Lieutenant Yar pulls Data into her bedroom, and there's a <laughs> what's the what...
2: fully functional and anatomically correct
0: that's the one yeah that's the line
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh excellent get it y'all wood wood my main woman um yeah i'm glad that data got some that's great well done data three cheers for data um speak yeah i want to see him i actually want to see him try out a really adorable cute like joke on on you know some ensign that he has a crush on um So I've got something else to say about the dancing scene, which is that Data asks the most pertinent question of the entire episode. Um, When Bev Crusher has spent an hour teaching Data how to become Fred Astaire, Um, he then asks the most pertinent question of the entire episode, which is, why don't they tap dance at weddings? And I thought, you know what, Data? Good fucking point. Why don't we tap dance at weddings? Why don't they tap dance at weddings?
3: Yeah, yeah
2: so much better than slow dancing yeah, if everyone wrong. just like hopped up onto the like the top table with the bridal banquet and like did a tap dance all the way down it would be so cool it would be like a proper 50s hollywood movie you know with um like them two from singing in the rain <laughs> like jumping up and down on onto the furniture i would love that
3: i on the wedding though i did like that um they combined like the traditions of like her Japanese heritage mm. and she was in that dress whereas he was in his uniform and his dress uniform and then they married in this sort of typical western yeah. style of standing at the front had him like had data give her away and stuff and they were clearly having a deliberately small... Yeah. wedding just aboard ship but they they i i sometimes think a problem with the federation is it feels like it can be one yeah. homogenous yeah. culture at times because we see largely humans and humanity is united i think it's nice when you see stuff like this where it's like yeah but there is room for individual cultural expression and that is true of both aliens and of random human cultures mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that like you know were there any like um i quite i quite like the wedding scene
2: i Have like very little knowledge of Irish culture. Um, (laughs) but like, were there any particularly Irish traditions that they had at the wedding that wouldn't have just been, you know, could have looked like standard, typical Christian wedding traditions or anything? Because she was wearing what can only be described as like a load of pink tulle that your mum buys when you want to be a princess halloween when you're six and then it's been turned into this like the design of the dress is beautiful it's like a proper like old school japanese kimono but the material was awful it was like (laughs) pale pink and sparkly but not in like a fashionable way in kind of like a sort of and plasticky and, and and stiff and awkward way and <laughs> yeah, oh. it wasn't.
3: It doesn't age well. I think it's meant to look like no, a sci-fi kimono, it but it, it doesn't so age badly, well.
2: Like like that material. And then she yeah. had her she had her hair in a very interesting yeah. way as well. Like it was kind of done sort of big <laughs> in these big coifs again, maybe like a sort of more traditional Japanese wedding hairdo. But then she did also have a very long plait down the back, and I was like, damn, this woman has a lot of hair. <laughs> but Jake the uniforms we've got to talk about the uniforms the god awful fucking disgusting dress I, uh, uniforms I
0: actually quite like them <laughs> uh, I think they're, they're like they're sort of like tunicky kind of things and they sort of remind me of oh, kilts and uh, it's sort of like a <laughs> But I think they're quite good they're like sort of um, like they're sort of like the the flared jeans of uh, of dress uniform, you know, and they were really, they were the height of fashion in the 1970s. So who's to say that this, that fashion changes by, you know, 2000, not 2000 years, 200 years in the future. And now this is the height of fashion that they're wearing. And just because we don't understand it.
2: I refuse to believe that the height of fashion 100 years from now could be so goddamn ugly especially when Keiko has gone to all the effort of having like her hair like that headpiece this phenomenally enormous kimono and then Miles is just like oh I'll just turn up in like my normal uniform mate won't even brush my hair just uh <laughs> you know like typical lad I'm like put, at least like put a fucking suit on Miles yeah. <laughs> I did like that wedding Um, scene when Data, clearly someone has pointed out to him that he shouldn't have his face fixed in a rictus grin because when he does dance with Keiko at the end, I was like, to my ineffable (laughs) relief, that's not a word, Uh, whatever, Um, he's um, just smiling like a normal person. We haven't talked at all, really, about the Vulcan in this episode. I saw a great tongue twister the other day that was like, to Pell, to to Pring, <laughs> and just went on like that. Um, but yeah, the Romulan spy. She is wearing a very, again, just cumbersome and not particularly attractive outfit.
1: Why?
3: Right. Small ran. Why does every Vulcan dress in the most illogical fucking fashion whenever you see them not in They're Starfleet terrible. uniform? Like... I would have thought uh, Vulcan stuff should look entirely <laughs> like functional, and this them being spiritual always mm-hmm. feels yeah. super weird to me. Like, not that logic and spirituality can't mm-hmm. be together, but I don't think like there's this Vulcan like they're always saying, "Oh, well, this symbol it represents these things, and we wear these things because it reminds of <laughs> us." That thing that is not a <laughs> logical society, like. That is clearly quite an emotional society, and possibly that's the point because
2: Ooh, Nathan just hit the nail <laughs> yeah. on the head. Radical! Why would you say something so controversial and yet so brave?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I think that is probably the point because Vulcans are supposed to be expressing their emotions. And they do a <laughs> shit job of it most of the time, like. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Nathan, you absolutely hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that Data constantly, you know, wrecks the Vulcans because they, like, think of themselves as all hoity-toity and logical. And then when he actually approaches them with actual rationality and logic, he exposes the fact that most Vulcans are just kind of like BTEC Ben Shapiros, who are actually like... (laughs) were all their emotions and opinions but like no no i'm logical i don't have any emotions oh logic you cannot beat me if i talk really fast and in a really monotone voice then i win um yeah and that's vulcans can we talk about
0: so, the ridiculous yeah. hat that uh to um, wears the the thing that makes her look like a chicken kind of yeah makes
1: look... <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> it does
2: oh my god she's like <laughs> feathers mcgraw from wallace and gromit <laughs> oh yeah why does it have that little ridge at the top like she's pretending to be a shark in a (laughs) she's
0: also the most (laughs) obvious spy that i've ever seen ever like as soon as she came on i'd forgotten that that was part of this plot right i've not seen this episode in about 10 years i had no idea that that was the thing um as soon as she came on i was like well she's obviously a romulan (laughs) like
2: what really? Why did you get that vibe? I just well, I was thought just she like, was a grumpy. But well, I was just like, what, what's the
0: point of her being there if she's like? She, she's obviously <laughs> trying to get information out of everybody. So, like, she's obviously a spy. She goes about being it. Like, she goes. She's like, she's <laughs> almost as bad a spy as James Bond is, who goes around telling everyone he's a spy.
3: The original script of the episode did not have any B plot like that. Like, it was literally going to be. Miles and Keiko are getting married. It is otherwise a normal day on the Enterprise and the interactions with Riker and Picard were going to be like boring, normal parts of Data's duties. Like, Picard would have him, would order him to do some kind of standard analysis or something like mm. that. Uh, Riker would do some personnel reviews with him. like Stuff like that. Um, but they mm. they choose not... The, the They didn't feel confident in an episode that could be carried by that, so they put this plot in and I think the end of the plot where they meet up and data has to investigate and then you see the confrontation all of that is carried really well but like all of the before bits are kind of like especially the scene where um, she asks for information I really think does data dirty because he's like I would like a um, hunch to back up my feeling but it feels like data is more intelligent than that in every other scene in this episode and every other episode yeah. we see him in. Yeah. And that he is not... Like, that yeah. seems to play into a naivety that doesn't exist in Data's professional life. Like, he is occasionally misled or tricked by his friends in a kind of friendly mm-hmm. or oh, data-you're-a-bit-naive-about-these-things kind of way. But um, he yeah. very rarely gets tricked in that way professionally. Like, um...
2: I actually think that whole scene was quite strange and kind of doesn't fit well with the rest of the episode. And I wonder if it was almost put in there because, like you say, Nathan, the the crux of the episode is actually really clever and quite exciting. You know, that she was a spy all along and it was a fake transport malfunction. A transporter malfunction. Oh, my transporter malfunction! But before that, she doesn't really do anything. Like, it is... So maybe they felt like they had to have some kind of scene where she does something a bit weird in order to ooh. There's a plot. There's another plot going on. It's not just data tap dancing, um, but yeah. So then they just kind of shove that in there, which, which is it is a bit odd. But I think overall, I think the two plots mesh together really love in a really lovely way. The light hearted, human side plot of data just being himself and Keiko and Miles, and then this kind of you know, actually quite interesting Romulan kerfuffle at the end. The
0: Romulan kerfuffle is a... It a, a, sounds like a, um, a, like a an opening move in chess.
3: <laughs> 3D chess. That's my red shirt's headcanon. I've actually got one this week, and it's the Romulan kerfuffle yes, is a opening move in 3D yes, chess. Yes,
0: I love it, yes. Like, when we see yes. Spock
3: and, like, Kirk That's play, amazing. it's like, ah, oh, Captain, I see you are... Uh, opening with the romulan
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love it i love it you know when um when she goes missing and everyone's like oh my god i can't believe there was a transporter malfunction again and i'm like oh my god the the transporters wow it's never like one of them before um i've written you know who could have saved her on the transporter
3: (laughs) i can do this i can do that (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah but instead um instead she gets uh yeah obviously um mysteriously vanished and just replaced with mulch on the on the transporter pad um but I did quite like uh, and I do want to talk about the the romulan yeah. admiral that they're having this engagement with uh because he <laughs> looks like a thumb. He does as well. <laughs> And I've written, "Who is this Romulan monk?" Give me back Eric Banner. Why does he have R two D two the Vandegraaff generator as his hinge buddy on the bridge? Like, like he's got Vandergraf yeah. generator on one side. What's <coughs> down the corner? Especially a lava lamp. Especially as TNG
3: land. has uh, Tomalak, who is the um, like foil to Picard.
2: Yeah, I I did actually really like the reveal that she was a Romulan. Like, it did take me by surprise. I thought it was really cool at first when she appeared next to him. I was like. What? Why has she changed her outfit? Like, <laughs> has she been integrated into the crew? So I, I was a bit slow. <laughs> but also, I refuse to believe that after 20 years of being an ambassador, like a really high ranking ambassador, that no Vulcan realized that she was a, wasn't another Vulcan. That just <laughs> seems really strange to me that she. So I mean I don't know maybe I'm being un, like naive but that that's like some serious <laughs> deep cover not only another culture but like another fucking species Oh dear
0: Um it's, so I mean to bring it back to to being about data again um I, do you what what would you have liked to have seen more of from this episode, uh, Data wise, is there is there a particular part of Data's day that you want to see that wasn't shown on on the episode? Because I I I'd, I'd be more intrigued by like because does he does Data have to sleep? Is there any way that he d- d- no
3: there's a he there's an epi- there's a really shit episode no, he where doesn't. he develops dreams.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why he keeps. Relieving the the day watch. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, that's because it, the because reason he's not the sleeping. reason they chose yeah. date.
3: So again, I know a little bit more production stuff. They decided to do a day in the life of episode, and they were like, "Oh, which character should we do?" Um, well, we probably shouldn't do Picard, even though that would be quite interesting, just because he's at the top. It'd be nice to see someone middle groundy. And they were batting it around, and someone said, "Well, date If we did Data's day, you can do a full twenty-four hour period because he doesn't sleep." Mm. And they're like, oh, good point. Mm. And so that's why Data was picked to be the focal character of this episode, was because he doesn't sleep, and if they do a day in the life of, you may as well do it in the character that has consciousness the entire time. Like That's a good point. Obviously, there are some cuts where boring stuff like his analysis or his going to places happen, but basically that is every single significant event in a full 24-hour period for Data.
2: But also, like that's not boring to me. I love watching Data just like do shit, like pet his cat and feed his cat and look through a microscope and say cute things to people. Give me more of this. It's it's just yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And, I, I you know, really the like the scene that, yeah. where
0: uh, he's he goes to talk to um, to Worf about wedding gifts that they're gonna get, and oh, like and there's yeah. this <laughs> moment where he's talking to Worf about how like neither of them quite understand the human wedding traditions because one of them is <laughs> an alien who doesn't understand that sort of type of marriage and one of them is this uh yeah. character who doesn't have uh, emotions and doesn't understand the feelings behind it and it's like i like the way that they're sort of like so yeah. they're poles apart as as personalities but they get on really well because they're sort yeah. of like thrust into these situations that yeah. neither of them understand for completely different reasons
2: like there's so many yeah. good lines in this episode from Data's own thoughts, but two of my favourites that I wrote down um, is when he says um, he he's looking I think at Miles and Keiko sharing some moment, and he says I miss the ability to share human feeling, and I'm like, but you you do you do share it, Data, because you miss it. That is a feeling. The, like the absence of something is a lack. That is a feeling, and then he also says. You know, many human emotions still surprise me. When Keiko and Miles are getting married, you know, I do not understand anger. I do not understand the desire for revenge. But I am not mystified by the desire to be loved. And I just oh, oh, so gorgeous. What a beautiful line. And then he he closes it off with saying, um, "If being human is a way of thinking, um, I hope I will discover my own humanity." No, but I just thought, even oh my
3: better. God. After that, he goes. He says, "Until then." Learning, changing, and growing become more than what I am. I feel like if you want a mission statement yeah. you can take from Star Trek, or a mission statement for humans, 100%. take that. Like, fuck, that 100%. is a good line.
2: Yeah, such a good line about just, you know, constantly striving to understand and improve yourself. But which character's so most wonderful. likely to have sucked their own um, cock? <laughs>
3: The fucking barber. No,
0: the,
3: <laughs> <barman> <laughs> the, the, no, the barber mob. Yeah. Like, seriously. That, barber's <laughs> creepiest like, that guy problem. that guy was up his own arse so much.
0: <laughs> Either that or data's cat.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I've got another I've got another candidate. Um, Lieutenant Umbarto. <laughs> So he's only mentioned in the throwaway line at the very end of the episode where data says, um, <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Umbarto has broken two of his ribs <laughs> on the holodeck and I was like, what on earth was Lieutenant Umbarto? Yeah, he's definitely broken
0: holodeck. those ribs. He's he's his done like a Marilyn ribs. Manson thing where he's tried <laughs> so to remove his ribs so, so, his, so like, oh, that he can oh suck his oh oh, own cock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's no. that that's headshirt's
0: that's Redshirt's shirts. Lieutenant
1: Umbato
2: when I um, when I'd finished this episode, I was so happy. I went and read like a load of reviews and I read a really good one where um, someone points out that like the Vulcans are being completely illogical and bullshit in this episode um, and the data cottons onto that. Um, and they quoted this fantastic line from um, Patrick Trufton, the second doctor saying logic, my dear Zoe merely enables one to be wrong <laughs> with more authority. And I'm like, if that doesn't sum up Vulcans, <laughs> I don't know if it will.
0: Yeah, Vulcans, <laughs> Tories. Uh...
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I also read um, a great uh, line on, on the Reddit um, thread for this episode. Um, <laughs> someone's comment, uh, for anyone with a female in their life that they want to get into Star Trek The Next Generation, this is the perfect episode to try. It contains really oh my less, god very little action. Oh, no. And I was like, oh. oh my God. And then the top rated reply to that was just, played it to my wife, she <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs>
0: It's it is like that oh, sure. although it is a good episode it is one of the most boring episodes that you could make someone watch if you're trying to get them into Star Trek.
3: Yeah. It's an episode that you should watch once you are somewhat invested. Like it 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 rewards you it it rewards you for doing so. And I think it really lays the groundwork for the more modern Star Trek to do much deeper character arcs. I think TOS doesn't do that kind of interpersonal relationship uh, in the way that TNG does, where it's a focus. Like, it's much more subtextual in TOS. It is not the point of any particular episode, unless a character's personal issues cause a ship-wide problem. Um, Like, you know, I'm not (laughs) saying that there's no, like, all the characters in TOS are flat. It's just that that's not what they do. Compared to TNG, which takes a deliberate effort to focus on them, and I think that deliberate effort then mm-hmm. gets turned into character arcs and character plots in Deep Space Nine. Um, you have relationships forming organically, stuff like Worf's wedding. And then when you get to Discovery, Picard, um, things like that, you start to see characters developing full arcs and those things really leading
0: episodes. Yeah, 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 definitely.
2: I actually saw a, um, another post that said um, if you want to... Introduce someone to TNG with sort of the top five episodes. That this you should watch Darmok, and then this one is your introduction to kind of the philosophy and the characters of the show. And I thought, well, that's funny because that's literally what we've done on the on the sh- on the podcast. So yeah, a lot of people clearly agree that that.
0: um Do we have anything else that we want to talk about uh, for Data's Day?
2: I'm all wrapped up. Ten out of ten. It was great,
0: and I'm really happy. And I think again. yeah, if you. If you have watched a few episodes of TNG, and but you're not fully invested in it, uh, I think this is a really good episode to go for because it, it gives you a really nice sort of heartwarming experience of all of the characters. But also there is this subplot that is interesting if you, if you want to see some sort of – and you get to see a Vulcan in a TNG context, which you don't get to see that often um, – and uh, yeah I, I think it is a good all-round episode great okay well next week then we will talk about uh, the episode where data yeah. gets a girlfriend which we can't remember the name of off the top of our heads uh, but we we will, uh, we will we'll talk we'll mention it the week before it comes out <laughs> we'll put it on the social media so you can watch it in advance if you want to because uh, i know a few listeners are, are doing that uh, but otherwise all that remains to be
1: said uh, for this episode is thank you for listening uh, and live long and prosper goodbye